everyone, and welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube channel based on a podcast. I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. I'm Michael Morey. I'm Corey Tyndall. And this is like a bonus-y episode. Um, not a lot's coming out the rest of the summer until like the beginning of August. So you might get these kind of uh, superhero catch-up slash 2022 <laughs> catch-up uh uh, episodes since we we haven't been regularly releasing episodes for a while so uh, this is the first of those we're going to be talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness though more than likely this will not be the <laughs> last uh, multiverse movie you hear us talk about this summer yep, hint, hint. Um, this is this is the first one that we're going to talk about though so it's uh, it came out earlier this year around what May right May? yeah yeah May? yeah came out in May. It's the first movie from Sam Raimi in like nine or ten years. Uh, Sam Raimi of Evil Dead and Spider-Man fame. His last film, not necessarily the classic that those first two franchises are, was uh, uh, Oz the Great and Powerful, which was also a Disney vehicle. Oh, yeah. Um, but this... <laughs> <laughs> I always forget that. <laughs> This is this is Sam Raimi's uh, triumphant return to the superhero genre. It is a, an MCU, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. It's the uh, number one, and uh, <laughs> it is it's it's the sequel to Doctor Strange, which is directed by Scott Derrickson. This is a phase four uh, of these movies. They released them in phases to lead up to like these big crossover events. You guys know the deal. It's been almost you know what. It's been over a decade, right? It's been 15 yeah. years now. Yeah. 14 years. It's been 14 years now so that we've been getting these things. So you guys know the deal. Um, this follows uh, Doctor Strange as he chases Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. the Scarlet Witch, officially in this movie, through the multiverse as she tries to get a hold of a book that can help her sort of bend the rules and uh, wills of different realities to her will in order to save her children um, which is uh, sort of takes place after the events of the television show WandaVision. Um, and all the while, he's trying to protect uh, um, America, Chavez. America Chavez. America Chavez. Okay. Okay. So he's trying to protect America Chavez because in order to use the power of this book, Wanda needs to uh, take the power of America um, and, and use, use, use the book to take the power of America Chavez and traverse through the multiverse, essentially. There's also a good book, not that good book. Um, there, there's a, a book that holds the secrets to like lightness. If this book holds the secrets to darkness, mm -hmm. it's a bunch of comic book BS. I don't know why I'm over explaining it. That's the story of the movie. They're chasing each other through the multiverse. It's a lot of CGI. And then there's a zombie at the end because it's a Sam Raimi movie. Yep. Uh, that's really all you need to know. Um, so guys, what did you think about Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness? Uh, who wants to start? Mike, you go. Or you go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, crap. Um, I, I, well, actually, that describes it pretty much. No. Um, yeah. I. This is a movie that I feel really conflicted about because I like the Sam Raiminess of it. There's mm -hmm. definitely some touches of his that um, are unique. You actually sense a little bit of directorial intent behind one of these Marvel things, which is a first in a long time. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Other than maybe some Taika Waititi joints. But I vibe more with Sam Raimi-ness um, mm -hmm. and some of the corniness and campiness that that entails. That being said, I'd say it's mostly that's the only bright spot in something that's pretty messy, pretty poorly written. 
just mm -hmm. it's very haphazard and how it's constructed it's just one giant chase scene which i mean i guess doesn't necessarily a bad thing there's been good movies made out of giant chase scenes before terminator uh you know mad max other mm -hmm. things like that but there's very little here that's actually happening there's a lot of words and a lot of people talking <laughs> and a lot of people saying things but it's basically just them being chased constantly and then arbitrarily the bad guy catches up and then the bad guy either lets them get away or then they beat the bad guy and i was not really invested in this that much uh was not very impressed did not really care for <laughs> any of the characters involved and while i liked the scarlet witch in it I think they kind of character assassinated her a bit with this one. Mm -hmm. And I know that they kind of lay some of the blame on a book that she read. And, you know, she already did some questionably bad things in WandaVision. But holy crap, she's just like <laughs> murdering people, which was kind of sweet. Yeah. Um, but also just uh, made her unrecognizable from what the person that we've been following for what, like five or six movies now she's been in? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and I guess the TV show too on top of that. We've arguably seen more of her than we have of some of the other bigger Marvel characters when you think about when you add the TV show in. Anyway, all that to be said, uh, I think that this was one of the weaker Marvel joints and it was a waste of a good concept, which is the final thing I want to say. It's, uh, for something called the <laughs> Multiverse of Madness, they spend like five seconds in other multiverses and yeah. it was not a very exciting examination of that. Oh, wait. Oh, God. One more. I'll have one more thing. <laughs> um, also, I remember like there was a criticism of Inception, Christopher Nolan's Inception, when it came out from some reviews, where some of the reviews were like, is this what Christopher Nolan thinks dreams are like? Because his, his, his dreams are, are kind of boring. <laughs> like, like this, this is the best kind of dream that you can come up with. And uh, Have you seen I Christopher kinda... Nolan? That's exactly what his dreams are like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I, I kind of think that's what it is. But, I mean, people have, have much more imaginative dreams than that. And it was kind of... I like that movie, obviously, but it's kind of a waste of a concept of let's explore people's dreams. And they're mostly like people in business suits doing <laughs> businessy business spy things. things. Yeah. Like, okay, that's where you want to go with it. Um, versus you could do some really trippy stuff. And then multi we have a multiverse movie by the same token. You can do some really trippy stuff with that. And the most they do is like, oh, pizza is balls. And, um, <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> and like stoplights, they got the colors switched. Yeah. Like, really? That's, that's the creative as you got with this concept? <laughs> okay, sure. Um, pizza so, is balls. Yeah. <laughs> that's my take on it. Corey, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> oh shit, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Pizza is balls. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh man. All right. Wow. Sorry for breaking everyone. <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> um. Yeah, Mike. I. That was very eloquently put. I. I feel very similar. Uh, I feel like this movie is pretty lackluster. It's not great. The writing's pretty bad. It's really inconsistent. It's inconsistent with the rest of the MCU and phase four, whatever they're building. We can talk about that later. It doesn't feel congruent uh, with a lot of the other stuff they're doing. And the only bright spot of this film is the moments that Sam Raimi gets to yep. be Sam Raimi. 
I have told multiple people, like, when I watched this film, it was very clear, like, Marvel was like, hey, here's our script, whatever, you have to do these things, and then, like, you have free reign in these other areas. And so it's very clear watching the film where it's like, oh, like, they let Sam Raimi do this. Oh, they let Sam Raimi do that scene, too. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is a scene he was forced to do. Like, it's very clear, you know, yeah. it's like, here's the Marvel stuff that has to be in here, here's the Sam Raimi stuff. And I think all the Sam Raimi stuff is really good. Like, all mm -hmm. the the stuff that is really in his style, that's really iconic him. And, like you said, I think he gives really good direction to some of the actors in those scenes. But besides that, I feel like the movie is just kind of, like, middle of the road. Um, mm -hmm. It's middle of the road, like, just as, like, a standalone film. But then, like, I think, for me, it gets weakened when it is put amongst the other Marvel films in kind of a continuity in a building a series of stuff that's supposed to lead up to like the next big phase event. Like you were talking about MJ. I think it is weekend when it has to be one of those things, when it has to be like, Hey, here's the next step on the ladder that's supposed to get us to this final destination. I just feel like it really crumbles. So, uh, yeah, like it's good for the Sam Raimi stuff. That's what I'll say. Um, so I liked it the most out of all three of us, it turns out. Uh, I really liked this movie, but everything you guys said is right. The thing is, I don't care because Sam Raimi vibes. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, no, I get that. The pure <laughs> Sam Raimi of it all was more than enough for me to be like, oh, I was really entertained yeah. by this movie. <laughs> now, what I will say is, by and large, what I have done... Um, and this has maybe made me more... Well, no, because I really didn't like Black Widow or Eternals, but... Or Spider-Man, for that matter. But stay tuned. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I have relegated these movies. Like, I'm not fully out or divorced on them <laughs> from, the, like, whatever the MCU is. I haven't seen a lot of the shows. I've seen, like, half of Moon Knight and all of WandaVision and all of Loki, and I think that's it. Oh, and one episode of... Winter Soldier, Falcon. It's show. bad. Um, yeah, that's why I watched one episode of yeah. it. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I'm not like as current as I was because I've seen all the movies yeah. at this point. Yeah. But what I have done is I have relegated these movies to what I believe is their rightful place, which is Disney+. Plus. Um, but also, <laughs> what I do is my wife will go out of town to visit her mother. And it's not that my wife doesn't like these movies. Um, I think she likes a lot of them more than I do, but she'll go out of town. And if you're in a relationship where you live with your partner, it's kind of one of the most freeing things that can happen is <laughs> your partner going out of town. Um, particularly if you don't have children, um, uh, or if they take the child with them. Uh, so what I do is I order terrible pizza and a pint of ice cream, and then I watch whatever I've missed in the MCU, at mm. the very <laughs> least, movies-wise. <laughs> and like treating the them as that... Hour. What's that? It's like the MJ garbage hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, I get to treat my cardiovascular and my mental s systems as my worst enemy. And it... <laughs> It's great. I have a really good time uh, doing it. Granted, of the Phase 4 movies that have come out, I've only liked two of them, which are Shang-Chi and this. Um, but it was like the... Per this is like the perfect movie to do that to. To just like junk food cinema, yeah. essentially. It really like... Because 
And it's all because of Sam Raimi and no one else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it, it felt to me like I was like taking a chunk of time to read a giant stack of comics. Like it felt like very like much like reading issues of, of a Doctor Strange like crossover event where all these people invade the universe and they have to find their way back and all this stuff. And I really enjoyed all of that. That said, the way it connects back in the larger MCU sucks, but I also <laughs> don't care. So um, because of that, like all just the Sam Raimi vibes were more than enough for me to be like supremely, Sorcerer Supremely Entertained by this movie. Yeah, even some of the like real dumb in your face Danny Elfman music worked a lot no, for hey, me. It was great. That music fight. Yeah. Yeah, that music oh, fight man. is awesome. That was good. It's that was so good. good. Uh, yeah, it's so good. But like, I one of the things that really confused me is that people really didn't like this movie, and I don't mean that like in the way you guys yeah, didn't like yeah. this movie, but I mean like hardcore MCU fans were like really out on this thing, and I yeah. really can't wrap my head around why. Like, I don't. I I really don't understand the criticisms coming from like the hardcore MCU fans. I think it was. Uh, I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think it's because people just, they have no concept of, like, Sam Raimi and who he is. And there was very much, like, his distinctive style on this movie. I went to go see this with a group of friends, and a couple of them are pretty hardcore, like, MCU people. I've kind of, I've kind of mellowed. I'm pretty lukewarm on the MCU right now. We we talk about that more later. It It feels directionless, but... Um, they hated this movie, <clears throat> but me yeah. and one of my other friends who saw it, like one of my other friends, he's really big into horror films. Um, but I remember like us walking out of the theater and I was like, oh, it wasn't great, but like, I enjoyed like the Sam Raimi stuff. And they were just, my other friends who like love the MCU, they were just like, that was, this was a horrible movie. Like what, what was, you know, like, what was that? What was that sequence? Like what? And I was like, that's, that's Sam Raimi. It was so <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. Well, it, maybe we should probably try to define what Sam Raimi-ness is to our viewers. Yeah, that could be helpful. I mean, we all kind of have an understanding of it, and it's hard to articulate. But yeah. There's a certain camp quality, which probably requires us to describe what camp is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which means we're probably going to go down a rabbit hole of definitions. But there's like a corniness to his movies um, in, in the way that they're shot. You know, he'll use like zoom-ups to people's screaming faces. Yeah. Like he'll do like very in-your-face type things. So, like, yeah. do stuff with the camera that is a little untraditional, They're like, spinning it around or whipping it or, like, strange editing techniques. Like, there's a part where, like, Wanda is, like, dream-walking. Oh, yeah, whatever. yeah, the POV you see, stuff. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like, yeah, pers- uh, yeah, point of view kind of, mm-hmm. like, changes. And then, like, her eyes were overlaid over, like, some of the editing, like, the transitions <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, from shot to shot. It's that kind of stuff. It just creates, like, a vibe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, and um, you know he like he likes to deal with like the occult and horror too. So yeah. there's a lot of like strange um, aspects, which is why he was kind of perfect for a Doctor Strange type movie. Yeah, um, you know, and he always kind of revolve around zombies or like horribly disfigured people, which is kind of why the last act, while it's a total mess, and I don't like most of it. Um, like for... the zombie strange <laughs> is kind of like very much that's rainy. him yeah like yeah, if you yeah. watch the evil dead that's like yeah, yeah. like weird weird body horror stuff like yeah. people like yeah. walking in weird ways or yeah. like moving their mouth in strange ways or being possessed hmm. all that kind of stuff it, it, there's hmm. just like a, a certain thing that sam raimi movies have because he's 
coming from a horror background primarily, yeah, a low budget yeah. horror background. Yep. I mean, is there anything else you can you can add to that? No, I mean it's essentially like a cartoon come to life. Like I feel like he's yeah. been making comic book movies his entire career, um, yeah. but it just so happens that only four of them are actually based on comic book IPs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, he also made like For the Love of the Game, which is like a straightforward baseball movie, um, which I don't know why horror dudes love baseball. Uh, like Stephen King's real into baseball. Um, and like, he also made a movie called The Gift, uh, which is supernatural, but it's not as in your face. But there is a very like, if Sam Raimi is directing it, there is a very like maximalist style Mm-hmm. Um, very, very maximalist and very specifically maximalist yeah. style that you get with a Sam Raimi mm-hmm. film, which is why I was confused about the the uh, the hate for this movie because it to me it feels perfect. Like Sam Raimi in comic books is a match made in heaven, with the exception of the third Spider-Man movie, which was potentially a troll movie. But we yeah. won't get into we all won't. that. We won't. Um, and so, especially like dealing with something supernatural like this, like I was more excited for this movie than almost anything in the MCU in a long time. Yeah. Because of that, and it ultimately kind of delivered on what I wanted out of this movie, which was like a bunch of Sam Raimi BS uh, on top of a bunch of like dumb comic book things. <laughs> um, and like, I just don't know how you know. And Mike, you touched on this last act, but the last act involves. Doctor Strange astral projecting across the multiverse into a into a dead, dead version of himself, yeah. essentially creating a zombie Doctor Strange who then harnesses the souls of the damned to make a cape out of them that he flies to fight a witch on a mountaintop guarded by rock yetis. And people said, that's a bad comic book movie. And I don't understand why. Oh, it's, it's the most comic book movie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's why people hate it. <laughs> exactly. Like, I was just like, this is this is comic books 101. Like, if you read this in a comic book, you'd be like, this is a, this is a good this is a good issue of a comic book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I can't speak for the people who like you know maybe Corey's talking about or you know that you guys are referencing, but I can I assume that some of it comes down to Marvel has cultivated a very specific in-house style, which yeah. is very bland aesthetically not challenging the humor is done one way yes right there's a very specific way of doing humor a specific way that's shot and edited and this kind of violates those norms and those expectations and also the mcu while it has ridiculous things like a talking raccoon there's a certain amount of respectability i can't believe i'm saying this yeah those things and then this just lays all that comic book absurdity to bear yeah now I'm, I sound like I'm praising it, like I love it, but I mean, like all that stuff I think is actually good and works in its favor. Yeah, um, yeah, but the, I have problems with just like the conceptual like plot and things like that. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but you know, and maybe one of the things I've heard a lot of backlash about, and this actually kind of touches on some of the Stranger Things conversation that we had in a previous episode. I know a lot of people thought this was like super violent and like horror, yeah. horror kind of based, which is a, another thing that's like a genre shift for Marvel. Most of the time they don't really delve in other genres or like maybe they dabble a little <clears> bit, but, but not as like full tilt as this one kind of went. Yeah. So I think that was kind of off putting for some people too. Yeah. Freaking Jim from the office gets turned into string cheese. So like, but that sequence is great. You it's like, awesome. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> um, yeah, they really let him go kind of buck wild for yeah, the MCU at least, um, particularly with that scene and the, like all the zombie strange stuff. Like, I think that's maybe why I really liked it is because yeah. I was really surprised that they let that they took a they took kind of a big risk with this movie and it 
kind of ultimately hmm. didn't pay off for them, which I thought was, like I said, I thought was really weird. And like, even like, the CGI sucks throughout the movie, but that's not Sam <laughs> Raimi's fault. And, yeah. uh, but like, I was seeing some of the edits online and like people were really uptight about the editing with this movie. And every time I saw one, I was like, a director made this. Um, <laughs> like, like the scene where they're talking about who the Scarlet Witch is and like Wong is talking about it. It's the, the sequence you reference where like, yeah. she's dreamwalking. And yeah. so you see the like evil dead mm. demon perspective that he is known for. And, mm-hmm. yep. um, but it's like, he plays with the transparency of the frame. So everything's kind of layered on top of itself. And there's yes. like, like three different things going on in the frame at mm-hmm. once. I thought all that was great. Yeah. And hardcore MCU people were like, what is this? <laughs> and like, I saw a lot of backlash to Raimi specifically mm-hmm. on this where they're like, oh, his like outdated cheesy eighties horror style does not fit the MCU. And I was like, well, why the hell not? Like, you're not giving me a yeah. reason why you're just saying it doesn't fit, but you're not giving me like any reason outside of like, they have a house style and they deviated from it. Okay, good. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah I thought the no, film was stronger because of that. I mean, I mm-hmm. think you guys mentioned it earlier. It felt like the MCU has been very sterile. There's this one way of doing everything. And so I actually enjoyed, like, you know, I, I have a lot of issues just with the plot and like the overall, just how it fits into the MCU and the storyline, but just like as a film, like stylistically and like how it's directed, I think it's a breath of fresh air because it's like a director Mm -hmm. actually like directed and like did something stylistically. That's not like, okay, well we have to, fit it into this mold and do this thing. It's like, yeah, granted, like I said, there was the things Marvel forced him to put in here, like in the script, whatever. But like, it still feels like closed circuit. Like it, it's Sam Raimi's vision of how I'm going to carry this out. It's like, yeah, like that's a crappy dialogue scene that you're going to force me to have, but I'm going to shoot it this way and I'm going to direct the people this way. And that feels like him. And so for me, I was kind of, even though like, I'm more like, I don't, really enjoy the movie like i i walked out of the theater being like oh that was fun whereas like Mm -hmm. other some of my other friends were like i really hated that and i was like i just i don't i don't understand (laughs) yeah it it definitely has his imprint on it and he elevates the material yes he does yes like whatever's good about it is because of him yeah yeah Um, yeah absolutely yeah yeah he (laughs) He's elevating what I think is a really weak script. Yeah, the like, script mm-hmm. is bad. Just it's like it's very poorly plotted. Um, <laughs> it, the the character motivations and arcs like don't make a lot of sense to yep. me. For example, you know they kind of make this whole story arc about Doctor Strange. He always needs to hold the knife or whatever, and he needs to be the one in control. Mm-hmm. But um, he's like never really shown to be wrong, like for, <laughs> for being the way he is. I mean, they they literally saved trillions of lives in in game because of his actions essentially which also kind of involved him letting go of the knife in a sense and letting other people fix it but i mean i guess he kind of made a choice giving the time zone the point is is that like he he's he's kind of like correct in everything he does and so how can you go and like say that's a character flaw when you're if like you're always right and then you know you're still proven to be right at the end and like yeah some other doctor strange has made bad choices but can you really go and hold that against him there's some weird character like 
archetype things going on there and his his relationships with other characters aren't really fleshed out you don't really understand yeah, yeah. much about america chavez from the beginning to the end i don't really understand you know what is she going for other than just like try to survive <laughs> uh, yeah i mean we get that one scene where like we see her with her moms on her home yes. planet or whatever and that's it so it's like that, okay yeah. she wants to get back to her parents and that's right. her entire arc but she's mostly yes. like a moving MacGuffin, like the yes. whole movie like yeah human MacGuffin. yeah yes. yeah and so, like, there's things like that where you just kind of, you aren't involved in what's happening plot-wise or character-wise. And so all you're being wowed with is the spectacle of, wow, that's kind of a neat thing for the MCU. I'm glad they're doing the, the Sam Raimi thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it wasn't enough for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, how, and that's how I feel too, Mike. Like, I, I enjoyed all the Sam Raimi stuff. Like, I thought his direction of, like, Wanda... Like, just in those different scenes were really well, but, like, I thought her character arc didn't make sense because it's, like, it happened off screen. Like, the script is not great. The writing's really bad on this. Like, the characters, they feel like they don't make sense. Like, whether you're coming from WandaVision or you're coming just from, like, how you saw these characters in the other movies, a lot of their motivations, they don't seem to make sense for me well yeah it's because so wanda like ends like wanda does some really like morally dubious stuff yeah yeah wandavision right Mm -hmm. but like the show is pretty transparent about that like the show yeah is very much like hey that wasn't great she ultimately corrected it yeah it still wasn't great it wasn't like there there's and it hints that like there's potential consequences for these actions like she's not Mm -hmm. off the hook because of them but Mm -hmm. it also like tries to make her sympathetic enough to where you're like okay she was grieving because like all the stuff that happened around infinity war and endgame was really like traumatic yeah like it's a show about trauma and so it like i thought it threaded the needle on that pretty well yeah and then in this she's just a psycho and it's like well okay like I don't know if there was like a more sympathetic version of this character on the page and then Sa- the Sam Raiminess took over and made her just like a straight psychopath or if mm-hmm. that was the intent from like writer to director. But like it kind of completely undoes the sympathetic arc that we yeah. had f- with her in WandaVision. And she's really great on that show like throughout, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, and no, like, I even think though so I don't too. like the way that show ends as yes. I like the way it ends thematically but I don't like the events of the last episode or two yes. I think she's really solid throughout the whole thing yes and like she's really solid in this too like she's mm-hmm. a great Sam Raimi evil yeah. person yeah she's awesome but she's so evil <laughs> yes like, she is it's like okay well you're just a bad guy now like what are we well, doing here? Had like this like this have your cake and eat it too thing with her because yeah it's not like fully her fault she's being corrupted by the book but you don't really right. have like a good sense of what you know is her and what isn't and and so they're trying to kind of thread the needle there, and it doesn't quite work on that front either. Yeah, yeah. because then Doctor Strange tries to use the book, and he's fine by the end, sort of. Like, yeah, I mean, the, yeah. la- the last shot is him, like, growing a third eye, which is, like, a great, like, Sam Raimi meme yeah, ending. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I I actually really I was like oh they did a Sam Raimi mean ending yeah, because his did. movies That's... end pretty mean and yeah. I was like okay like that wasn't as much as like I would want out of a normal Sam Raimi movie but it's like a pretty mean ending for an MCU mm-hmm. movie but then yeah. in the first post credit scene he's just fine yeah yeah, like, back. yeah he's just like he's just learned how to control that third eye so <laughs> it's not like totally inconsequential yeah I think like what you guys like for Wanda's character I don't know. I, I'm going to chalk it up to, like, I think it was just the writers just had a bad script, and they are just like, yeah, it happened off screen. And then I, I I think, like we've said, Sam Raimi 
probably elevated whatever he had. And so I just think the writers were like, yeah, like she's she's evil now and this is what it's going to do instead of like giving us time to because in WandaVision you got one post credit scene that's her like reading the dark hold and then that was the justification for like oh well now she's like off the rails evil but uh-huh. like there was never any like in between we never saw anything in this movie to indicate that it's just like oh she's just like pure evil now so yeah I yeah. I kind of lean more and and maybe it's just like some of the bias I've had recently of I feel like a lot of the writing in a lot of the Marvel stuff has not been great or it's no. been pretty sloppy and lazy. And so I honestly think Sam Raimi is like, okay, if this is what you want, like I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it's this weird thing where it's like, it's kind of a paycheck movie for him, but he also hasn't made a movie in 10 years. So he kind of went all out. Yeah. And so yes, yes. it's like, it's like, a, it's got a really weird tone from him too. Where like, there's a lot of really neat Sam Raimi stuff that happens throughout, but like, Whenever people are talking, you can tell he's just, like, waiting for him to do the next Sam Raimi thing. It's, it's like, finger tapping. Like, okay, okay, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, that's how I felt, too. But I thought yeah. it, I, it still kind of ultimately worked for me. Like, I was real entertained by the, the whole affair just because it, I, maybe it's just because I miss Sam Raimi making stuff. Like, yeah, I could, I, mean, I could, I could I see, that. like, I could see, like, even, again, maybe you get a script and it's like, hey, Sam Raimi, we have to have these, like, other these four Illuminati characters in here because it's like fan service mm-hmm. and people want them. But like, ultimately like they don't have to fit into, you know, this mm-hmm. and maybe like they'll get killed or whatever. And maybe they just like on the page, it was like, Oh yeah. Like Wanda kills them or whatever. And he was like, killed you say, and, and then he's like, kill them. <laughs> you know, we can do a thing with that. And so like he elevated even like that poor writing of like, Oh yeah, we need to have these cameos in here. And, they're not really relevant anywhere else. And he's like, oh, I can make them relevant and memorable. Yeah. So He like, said, that's, say no more. Yeah, so that's the sort of thing. Like, that's how I viewed this film. It's like, there was just a lot of, like, garbage that got handed to him. <laughs> and he was like, okay, well, it's garbage, but, like, we can make it. Like, we can light it on fire. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I'm probably paraphrasing this poorly, but the South Park writers talked about, like, writing and how there's, like, a lot of uh, good writing is this and therefore this type things. Mm-hmm. And then this movie was just kind of this and then this and then this and then this. there's like no like therefore because of like, you know, yeah. cause and effect. It's just like things just keep happening <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's it. It's like a kid playing with his toys and just like making up bullshit. And <laughs> I mean, look, that is like kind of the ultimate comic book thing in a way. But it, it's not, it doesn't make for a very satisfying story. There's a reason why comic books are generally, or at least used to be, not held in very high regard. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it was because of hacky writing like that. Right. Um, and this kind of played into all those stereotypes about what people say. And, you know, like, as, as fan-pleasing as some of those cameos in the middle of the movie are, they're ultimately useless and yeah. stupid, you know? Like, I mean, they get killed in interesting ways, and is it cool to go and see... You know, Xavier rolling on his yellow chair and a little X-Men animated yeah, theme play orchestrally yeah. you know, <laughs> um, as he comes in. Yeah, it's cool. And then your brain starts breaking down. It's like, but this doesn't really add anything to the yeah. story. It's like tickling the, like, I, I can recognize thing part of my brain. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just like stuff like that. It's just, this yeah, stuff, I, man, I, it's I think, losing its effect on me. Yeah. I, I think... I think the Sam Raiminess of it all, like uh, to 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 more precisely or con- concisely sum up the Sam Raimi thing, is his style is that's stupid. I love it. 
And that, that, that's how that Illuminati scene felt, where yeah. it was just like, and not, I don't mean the cameos. I don't really care about the cameos. I don't either. But like, except for Professor X, because Patrick Stewart is incredibly good at selling the dumbest comic book shit you can put on a page. <laughs> yeah. uh, he is such a good actor. Um, hot take, you guys. Patrick Stewart, pretty good actor. And uh, so, like, he shows up and says all this, like, I don't know. It was all total gibberish to me. Like, I was yeah. like, I don't care about this. I don't know what you're talking about. But you're very convincing, Sir Patrick Stewart. Yeah. And so I really like that. And it's also juxtaposed with John Krasinski as... Uh, Reed Richards, who is the worst person I've ever seen at delivering this comic book BS. And uh, that also made me laugh really hard that he was... He looked uncomfortable in this movie. Like, it looked like he was, like, in way over his head to be there. And they've announced that he's officially the Reed Richards for the MCU and that's extremely funny to me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like all those scenes were just shot separate from each other yeah. and yeah. it's COVID going on obviously on top of that and you can just tell that they probably had a multiple contingency plans of who they were going to put in those spots and they just got who whoever was available for well, them. Krasinski, um, Krasinski's been a fan favorite for that role yes. for a long time though. Yeah. yeah. So, but but um, if they had not managed to get him because some, something wouldn't work out with scheduling, they could have easily replaced him with someone else. Is my yeah. yeah. Like, I, I mean, but, my but, my hope was that that would be it for him as the, the, the MCU Reed Richards. Like, yeah. that would have been great, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but people would have rioted. People would have been so mad if they were like, well, we're doing it with this actor instead. Um, yeah. That was the multiverse Reed Richards. Like, no. <laughs> people would well, not have been, been down with that. <laughs> Like their their appearance is like the the situation where the MCU mandated stuff comes in and yeah. Sam Raimi mm-hmm. just disappears. Now their deaths are where the Sam Raimi yeah. yes. comes in and the MCU parts of it disappears. <laughs> yeah, so full like, force. Like, like I feel like from that point, that point forward is like all Sam Raimi. Yeah, like, I would agree yeah. to the to the yeah. end. Like that that's where it really like the the vibe sh- the vibe shift happens in in that scene and like like that chase sequence like in the sewers right after that it was like that's mm-hmm. total Sam Raimi. Like yeah, I agree. Yeah, and like I man, I loved that scene. Like I was just like you guys there's a there's a movie where Patrick Stewart gets his neck snapped. Like, what? (laughs) This is buck wild. And, like, it's an MCU movie. It was amazing. Yeah, Yeah, it was so great. And, like, like, so they have, like, Black Bolt, uh, which, like, I'm glad they made fun of how stupid his name is. I'm so glad they made fun of how stupid his name is. Yeah. Um, Because his full name is Blackagon Boltagar, which is so dumb. And, uh, but like, he, they, they got him from the Inhuman series. It's Anton Mount, who's Captain Pike on, on uh, Strange New Worlds now. And, uh, from the moment where she was like, what mouth and made his mouth disappear. And then she caved his head in. That was amazing. (laughs) I was like, yo, what is this? Like, this got great. Um, And so there's a lot of these, like, really kind of memorable moments like that that feel so out of place for the MCU, and that's what makes it stand out. And, like, I haven't really enjoyed a Marvel movie like that since Guardians 2, maybe? Like, I really... Because I really like that movie a lot, too, but that's a movie that's just, like... It's just people hanging out on one planet talking about their feelings for two hours. That's the whole movie. Yeah. And that's really kind of bold for what the MCU is. And this is more in line with what the MCU is as far as, like, the sort of spectacle, like, wham-bam, like, or whiz-bang type of 
stuff. But that, like, that scene, that Illuminati scene in particular, we're like, yeah. She shreds Mr. Fantastic into noodles and just she like, cuts Captain Carter in half. Yeah. In half with her own shield. Like, yeah, that was, that was <laughs> it's great. Wild. <laughs> but it's so like it sticks in my memory. Like I have like a really good recall of that scene and not much else leading up to yeah. that. And like from the movie that yeah. point forward, I have much better recall of. Because it's like memorable. Like it has a style and it looks yeah. cool and it's so like like it's not Look, guys, if you guys go watch the other Sam Raimi movies, it's not that violent for a Sam Raimi movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just yeah, definitely. crazy violent for the MCU. Yeah, um, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like what we talked about in the Stranger Things thing, too. We're like, yeah. you know, yeah, people took their kids to see this movie and were probably upset. But, like, yeah. <laughs> those kids are going to remember that yeah, for a will. long time. Like I, you know, there's a certain, and I would say that, 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 that the, there are more kids who saw that and like later in life are going to seek out evil dead because because of of this, because of this, than there are the ones who are just like totally scared by it. This is going to be the movie that messed them up. They're going to be like, oh yeah, I saw this, I saw a second Dr. Strange movie and it's like, yeah, she like crushed a guy's skull and like shredded a guy and cut a woman in half. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, like I said on Stranger Things, I think every kid needs that one thing that does that to them. And so, like, if Doctor Strange 2 can be that, more power to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, what, what you're doing is, you know, you're describing, like, a, a bunch of scenes that are fantastic. And I agree with you. Like, they, yeah. like there's a lot of, there's a collection of really good scenes in, in the movie. Yeah. It's just, what the, what's stringing them together is just weak for me yeah I agree. No. that's why i have such a hard time with it yeah no and you're right but that's also why i love that's why i feel like it does feel like a comic book because that's basically yeah. every comic book yes, too is panels yeah is like a bunch of jargon and a bunch of bs and then a really cool two-page spread and yeah. then more jargon and bs to get you to the next issue that has really cool art still you know, yeah, mm-hmm. like, and that's why it feels so much like reading a big stack of comics. And that's why it really worked on me as I was like, oh, this feels like when I read, you know, uh, a Swamp Thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think you also got to describe something where I'm not really sure I remember much else before the movie, before that like, yeah. stuff yeah. started happening. And then I, maybe I'm revising my own opinion as time goes on. But that last act is kind of the only thing that really sticks with me, in, in, like, mm-hmm. yeah. including that stuff. I'm, I'm cutting that. Like, that's the beginning of the last act, basically. Yeah. It's like, like the last half of the movie. Yeah. Um, and But everything before then is just... Ugh, the know, trip whatever. through the multiverse is awesome. Yeah. Like them, yeah. As long as it lasts. But yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. last long enough. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But, yeah, but that scene of them, like, going through the multiverse the first time and, like... Mm-hmm turning into like all these different art styles and like the way and the paint. camera yeah and paint at one point and yeah. like um uh the way the camera like slowly spins around them it's really neat but that's the coolest yes. thing that happens in the first half of the movie mm-hmm. and that demonstrates to me the mispotential of it because you yeah. could have done some way more fun stuff with other multiverses yeah they've been there a little bit longer yeah instead of just encapsulating it in a 30 second montage i'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say about the other multiverse movie then because that movie jumps around tons like five or six different multiverses well then that's what i want yeah 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 Yeah. because they kind of spend time in just the one multiverse right and then that's it and And then then they like the destroyed multiverse and then they go to the other one yeah yeah oh the one with the music fight yeah 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 yeah, that's about it but what is that three yeah yeah maybe yeah 
Yeah, so it's I not much. Yeah, and I and I agree with you, Mike, and like I don't know, like we can like I don't really have much else to say. Like I feel like we're all like, Yeah, Sam Raimi elevates this film. It's not yeah. good besides that. <laughs> yeah, but like sum it up. I think just like talking like pulling out like to a macro level, I think for me like I've, I mentioned earlier, I've cooled a lot on the MCU stuff. I'm, I don't, I'm almost as like, I don't know if I'm opposed yet, but I'm pretty ambivalent. And it's yeah. just because like everything feels the same. Uh, mm. This felt like a breath of fresh air, but mm-hmm. it's still like, I feel like he was kind of the script he was given was not great. It was just crap. And he, he made, he made the good parts pop, but yeah. it feels like that's kind of just like the MCU right now. It doesn't, Everything feels like there's a formula. We have to follow it. It feels stale. And Mm -hmm. this big promise they have of, like, everything connecting and making sense. Like, when you start to think too hard about it or you're, like, I'm trying to be logical, like, things break down in a way that I feel like before Endgame and definitely in the earlier phases, I felt like there was more, like, directors talked to each other, writers were, like, knowledgeable of, like, what happens in other movies if they're going to use similar concepts. And, like, this film was a pretty big example to me, besides Sam Raimi being awesome, that, like, it feels like the writers have no awareness of what is happening in the other Mm -hmm. films or, like, kind of what is the overall direction we're going towards. Like... I feel like this movie got billed and promoted as like, hey, this is going to be like one of the like cornerstones. It's going to be a big stepping stone to like move us forward in like phase four. And like nothing right. of that happened. It didn't explain like anything related to Loki, which had talked about the multiverse. It's like the Spider-Man movie had just happened. And it's like that's barely referenced. Like there was a <laughs> lot of stuff where it's like I don't I feel like people are more siloed off now in Marvel and I think this is, like, the big issue that they're having is, like, they're, ha- they're trying to have so many irons in the fire. People aren't talking to each other. And so they're just starting to, like, crumble under the weight of, like, this huge promise that they said, like, this is what we have coming. But I, I don't think they can actually deliver. It feels like of all the and i haven't even watched all the phase four movies because i just don't care but <laughs> um of, have you seen shang chi i did see that one okay. I, I i generally liked it i didn't love the third act it felt very sure, like yeah. marvel um yeah i like the kaiju that was about it yeah yeah but I, I i did like the rest of that movie but it feels like these films are missing each other and when they're supposed to all connect and build towards this other thing i feel like i haven't seen that like obviously i didn't see the eternals but i heard a lot of mixed things about that but of the you ones don't need I ha- to yeah <laughs> yep you don't need to yeah that's that's about right but of of the ones that i've seen it doesn't feel like there's any strands that are like moving towards the same goal and i had a friend who saw thor over the weekend which i'm not gonna see and he said he felt similar he like he was pretty disappointed in it and i was like yeah that's probably why i'm not gonna see it but so I say all of that to say this movie just felt like a really big example of like, while I love the Sam Raimi stuff about it and that was fun, it just kind of felt like, oh, so you completely ignored WandaVision. You completely mm-hmm. don't know mm-hmm. what's happening with the multiverse. Like you didn't probably watch Loki or talk to those writers. Spider-Man mm-hmm. just came you out. You know it was you... written by the guy who wrote Loki, right? Really? Yeah. That is, that's baffling to me. Yeah. I, this movie like, was written by the guy who wrote all six episodes of Loki. I I just, I don't understand. Yeah. So 
anyway, that's just my take. I don't, I don't get what's going on, but I feel like with each one of these movies that comes out, it just lessens my desire to just care about Marvel and the MCU because it just feels like there's not a plan. Yeah, I think that they're, they're reaching a point where their idea that you need to watch all of this is breaking down. Cause, yeah. You know, you've, now seen there's what five or six phase four movies and Let's then see. Uh, uh, there's f- well there's six now yeah okay yeah okay now and then you know there's what five four or five like shows oh, on gosh. top of that wandavision yeah. winter soldier loki hawkeye, hawkeye. and then um, moon, Knight. moon moon night moon Knight. what is six there were rapidly miss marvel seven there's seven. Oh shit yeah okay so, yeah right. the one you don't even know <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not gonna nope. see it now. Um, anyway, we're at the point now where there's so many of these things that there's no way that you can possibly watch all of it. No. Sorry. You, and, and like they know it. They know that you can't. And so they're writing these things like they're in a vacuum because they know that you haven't seen all this stuff either. Whereas before, they could pretty safely assume that you saw the previous Marvel movie. Right. I, I do think that. And so that that change in philosophy changes how these are written, which is that. They're yeah. written more standalone-ish, and they're siloed off. And I mean, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, one of my big complaints is that you know you should make a good standalone movie first, and then have it connect to other things second. Yeah. But um, I don't think that was a good standalone movie in itself first, and no. then second, it's not really leading anywhere either. You kind of just get the sense that they're stalling for time. Um, yeah. Loki is the biggest thing that moves the face that moves Phase yes. Four forward. Um, yeah. There's like the stuff with Kang the Conqueror, which it seems yeah. like is what they're leading up to, and potentially like a Galactus thing with Fantastic Four now being in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but they haven't done that much to move that forward. And the thing is, they don't really start to connect all this stuff together together to lead up to Endgame until Phase 1 ends, right? Like Thanos yeah, doesn't right. show up until phase the end of Phase 1. However, they've now set a precedent all this stuff is connected and all this stuff leads up to a big event and we don't know what that event is yet and uh i think it doesn't you can't do that a second time after you set the precedent yeah you have to immediately tell us yeah you have to immediately tell us what the next threat is and then build everything to that and like they sort of did in loki but who all who watched loki to the end you know like yeah it's one of the only two I've seen at the end, so... I mean, I did, yeah. Surprise, I'm in the club, but, <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's starting to crumble under its own weight, which it was bound to. Like, it's, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I think it's the other thing is, like, entropy. all this stuff, all this stuff was bound to just, like, go away eventually, and it's, it's gonna happen. Like, you know, it's funny, because I was just talking to people on Twitter about this, like idea because especially in the in the wake of stuff like um like top gun maverick or mm-hmm. um uh to a lesser extent the other multiverse movie we'll be talking about yeah um and mm-hmm. uh you know rrr which is this bollywood movie that like has really kind of captured more of the zeitgeist than you would expect and it's proved that older audiences want stuff. It's proved that art house audiences still like blockbuster type filmmaking. Like if you watch everything everywhere all at once, it's an action sci-fi movie. Like mm-hmm. that's also like a drama about a mother and daughter and family, but it's an action sci-fi movie. Like it really is. And so 
people want these types of movies that the MCU is putting out, but they don't want them in the MCU anymore. And it's because, one, mm-hmm. I think it's because Endgame is just a very good natural stopping point. Yeah. Um, it's just real easy to get off the train there, which, honestly, good for them. That they, I don't know if that was intended, um, but if it was, good job. If it wasn't, thank you anyway. Yeah. Um, and, I, but now it's like, okay, so these things are kind of, they're they're waffling, but they're still making money, right? So I was like, yeah, I think Maverick and Maverick and, and, and everything everywhere all at once in RRR are going to, you know, really change the landscape. And then Thor made $300 million this weekend. So what do I know? (laughs) Right. Well, and this, you know, still made $900 million or something like that. Mm -hmm. So people are are still watching it. But it's not quite capturing the zeitgeist the way it used to. It's the quietest $900 million I've heard in a while. Yeah, And it didn't even release in China, which was like a lot of the the box office. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. And so uh, they're still making money, but... You kind of sense the the critical consensus is beginning to turn. I think the, the online voices that used to kind of defend everything that Marvel does is brilliant, and Kevin Feige, like, yeah. you're sensing there's a moment, a turning point, and it hasn't completely gone south, but it's there's kind of frustration growing, yeah. and it's 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 with the house style, which is not really uh, indicative with this movie because this probably violates the house style more than anything yeah. in any Marvel movie there is, um, but in terms of lack of movement kind of inconsistent characterization from movie to movie is really rearing its ugly head i mean like that started to pop up i think in phase three a bit as well you had like thor going from like um like he learns at the end of ragnarok i'm gonna be the king of asgard and then the next movie like infinity war like all the asgardians are getting killed and (laughs) yeah and then and then like in the next movie valkyrie's leading them and he's going off to do his own adventures and then you know apparently spoilers for thor you know he's like he's hanging out with the guardians for like five seconds and then he leaves them after like five seconds it's like these weird things that they're doing now that don't seem to like be consistent from movie to movie i mean just in uh doctor strange itself they go and set up that Mordo character to be a big antagonist in, mm-hmm. in the first movie, and that in the sequel he's going to probably be the main villain or something like that. Yeah. And in this movie, they go and dispatch him like he's nothing. Yeah. Like they don't even deal with the variant or the version of him that actually exists. In yeah. So that guy's. Yeah. That, yeah. That version is still hanging out. Like. Yeah. Yeah. But like they've already moved on. He's he's referencing how like yeah he's tried to kill me multiple times or whatever, and then they're, they're like dealing with his variant version of himself. Yeah. It, it's like. You don't get the sense that there's a clear plan. They just like kind exactly. of throw crap on a wall exactly. and they figure it out like in the sequel sometimes. Which didn't. Which I think people are realizing more. And I, I think there's like yeah they're making money, but there's, I think it's like less you know. But I think people are realizing oh there's not as much as a plan and there's more inconsistencies. I, and, I think people see that a lot with, you know this movie and, Thor: Love and Thunder. And, you know, it's, like, the saving grace for this movie was, like, Sam Raimi and, like, his style. But a lot of people didn't jive with them. But some of the characterization and the the story was weak. And then, like, Thor Love and Thunder, there's been a lot of pushback because people are like, oh, well, this isn't, like, Marvel style. And, you know, like... Not from, from quote, normies. Like, a lot of people, like, film critics and stuff really aren't liking Thor Love and Thunder. But I've seen several people who, like, don't really... They they just keep up with the movies because that's what they do now. Yeah. Um, and like the shows and stuff and they're like man i love that like that was a real good time so i don't know it seems like the public consensus on thor love and thunder is pretty positive yeah i i don't know i i feel like there's part of me as like i 
I, I assess the situation. It feels like with the introduction of Disney Plus and like things have to become more of a service and there there seems to be a pull away from making like art that is coherent and it's a story and it's like hey if we introduce this concept in this film and then we kind of we talk about this concept in another film like it's treated you know with similar you know standing or it makes sense logically they're moving away from that to just like hey we have to get something out because it's a streaming service and or it's like oh it's that time of the year we have to have our next marvel thing and yeah I think obviously like there is a lessening of quality and I think Mm -hmm. the further we go on, people are going to realize that. And it's like, Oh, this isn't the same. And I think people are realizing that there's a lack of a plan. I think Marvel is this, it feels like they've gotten a little bit too greedy and they're like, we just have to do stuff and we have to push it out. And it's okay. If like, we don't exactly have a plan, we have all these, this goodwill people trust Mm. us, but I think they have proved even COVID withstanding, like phase four has not like, they did not start out on a good foot. It's like having Black Widow be the first phase four movie. And then like, obviously I know stuff had to get shuffled around, but like there's, there's a lot of things that feel like there, there isn't a clear plan. You know, even if you look at the first phase one movies in Marvel, I know they don't kind of connect until the end, but there was different pieces of things that even would get mm. referenced between those films where it's like, oh, okay, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. has been talked about a couple times yeah. in these different movies, so it's like there must be something going on with that. Or, like, you know, oh, like... Well, a- and it, it did build to something, right? It built yes. to the Avengers 1, right? Yeah. so that was, like, a very small-scale, almost trial run yes. of how to do this, and then... Yeah, and then they were able to, like, blow it out into this larger Thanos thing. But now we're there. We don't need yeah. to do that a second time. Yeah, um, but it well, feels it, like there's and, no tracks being laid right now. It's yeah, just like, yeah. oh, I, I guess, okay, people want to, we need to have Black Widow has her own movie, but she's already dead and her character arc's done. So I guess we'll do it. And uh, It's a prequel, which means do it doesn't matter. Spider-Man movie. And I don't know, we don't really know what to do, but you know what's great right now? People love like multiverses and the other mm-hmm. Spider-Man. So let's just like, we had this plan, so we're just going to pull them. I like. I feel like some of it is like, we don't have a plan, so we're just gonna try to see what people might well, want respond <laughs> to. That, yeah, that no way, no way home was trying to trade in on how successful Spider Spider Verse was, right? was exactly. Yeah. yeah, like that. I mean, that was the inception of that. They were like, "Oh, the cartoon did great. Let's do that with the uh, the original guys. You like exactly. the original guys, right?" Yeah. yeah. The, the, there's an element of. Uh, they used to be the trendsetters, and now they're following the trends. Yeah, yeah. and I, th- I think that shift. There's a nervousness to that shift. They don't quite trust themselves anymore, and they're kind of like looking for fan reaction and pandering to them to smooth things over and figure out what they really want to do with it. And I think because there's so much of this stuff, and now they can't quite be sure that you're watching any of it. They have to be really afraid of <laughs> how many ways they go and reference other things. Because, you know, let's say this movie had referenced Eternals in some way. Would you even get the reference? I mean, some people have not seen that movie. No, I haven't. I'm not. I saw it. I don't remember a lick of it. I'm so not no. like, it, yeah. If some character showed up as a cameo, would you even necessarily be like, it's that guy? Uh, like, I'd probably recognize it. a character. But yeah, that's yeah, a bad yeah. I'd recognize an actor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I rec- that's where I'm at. I would recognize an actor and be like, he was probably important, but I'm not sure. Yeah. And I think they're at a point now where they can't be like guaranteed that 
Bruce Banner showing up in a post credit scene at you know the end of one movie gets an automatic reaction the way it did you know however many years ago because having some eternal dude walk into a post credit scene is going to mean jack shit for yeah. most people. But uh, it's not going to get you necessarily hyped. But at the same but at the same token, Mike, like I hear what you're saying, but for the people who've been following for a long time to like for Marvel yeah. to shift to that mindset, it kind of feels like a screw you. It's like I've been watching yeah. these movies for so long and trying to follow these series. And they're so worried now about like, oh, well, if we drop this person like in here as a cameo and people don't know, then like we can't mm -hmm. do that. It seems like it's affecting the story and the writing. And so we're getting these lesser versions of things or like we can't cross this over because if they didn't watch it, we won't know. And so for the dedicated person who's watching these movies and watching these shows and they feel like they really don't connect, even like yeah. character wise, like you watch WandaVision, you watch this and it's like. Wanda doesn't feel like the same person or like, you know, I watch, I haven't watched all the shows, but like, you know, I watch something like Moon Knight. It literally has no references to anything else in the Marvel universe, really. And so it's yeah. like nothing else has referenced it. So it's like, okay, well then kind of what's the point? Like what? <laughs> and, yeah. and so you, you, yeah, I don't know. You get to this place where it's like, again, you've like, you had my goodwill, but now you're just losing it because... I'm investing all this time to watch these things, but you're treating me like kind of I'm an idiot. So I, I'm not going to like for me, like they, they have lost a lot of my goodwill. Like I'm not seeking mm -hmm. out every Marvel thing to watch. Like, you know, I didn't watch Miss Marvel. I didn't watch Hawkeye. I didn't watch Eternals. I'm not going to watch She-Hulk when it comes out. And like, yeah. There, there's other places too where I feel like they're cutting corners and kind of like maybe assuming their audience is stupid. Like we got, we were talking about it a little bit, but like even CGI and stuff. I don't know if you guys saw like the first trailer for She-Hulk. The CGI mm -hmm. looked terrible in that. Yeah, dude. I was like, yeah, I was like, was holy real. hell! Like how did, how did this, how did someone approve this? Like yeah. it does mm -hmm. not look good. And there's even stuff where it's like choices of like why would you use CGI for that? Like. If you look mm -hmm. at She-Hulk, she's just, like, she's not, like, super, like, you know, like, monstrously muscular like Hulk is. Like, you could just have, like, a like a well-built, like, woman, like, you know, just trained, and you could probably get, like, a pretty close effect. So there's this stuff where it's, like, and, and like, even some of the CGI and some of their other movies and shows has been, like, garbage. And so... Totally. I mean, even this movie, there's some rough compositing. Yeah, yeah there yeah. is. Yeah, there is. Oh. <laughs> like like that the beginning scene where the squids chase now. Oh, with the eye monster. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. That was so rough looking. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's brutal. It's brutal. And some of the CGI backgrounds when they're in the like in the 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 place between dimensions or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Golly. Um, and it's like yeah, you have I mean, the money, I, Disney. You well, have, you... they have the money. They don't have the time. Is the yeah. thing they've got to put these things out so regularly but to keep don't. people. Well, they, they do. I feel like they do. Like, they got to keep people on the hook or else they're going to not have any audience left because people are going to go watch RRR on Netflix. People are going to go rent everything everywhere all at once and be like, holy crap, this is what I've been missing out on. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they don't, they don't, their mini strategy involves suffocating you so you don't, like, look for anything else. But I yeah. would argue they should pull back to kind of how they used to be, where it's like yeah. they need to make these things more of an event so that they can oh, put yeah. the time into the CGI and, like, yeah. think through the scripts. But, yeah, now they have locked themselves into this, like, everything has to come out every six months and, like, whatever. It's like, we'll fix the CGI, like, like, even in, like, No Way Home, it's, like, when they came out in theaters, there was some CGI stuff with, like, the suits and whatever that, like, mm -hmm. they were still updating. 
Like yeah. the first, and yeah. The thing is, they were they they could blame COVID for like a year of these, and now they yeah. can't anymore. And yeah. so it's yeah. like, well, um, so like, but like even like 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 uh, Black Widow, the CGI is gross in that movie. It's terrible. Ooh, I never saw it, and yeah. uh, it's real bad. There's an explosion that's one of the worst looking things <laughs> I've ever seen. I've seen that so good. Holy moly, it's so bad. <laughs> Uh, and, and that was made before COVID. Like it was supposed yeah. to come out like right when COVID hit. So yep. you can't blame COVID for that. Um, Eternals looks okay. That's like the the only yes. good thing I'll say. Like there's really cool CGI in particular with like the creator gods. I don't care what they're called. They have a name. And there's Celestials. some... Yes, the Celestials. They look really good. Like that's some of the best CGI work that... It, arguably any Marvel movie. And... Uh, yeah, the the I was thinking about this today before we decided to even record this, uh, mainly because I just spend multiple hours in my car alone every day, so uh, I have a lot of time to think <laughs> you make about. That it. Sounds so sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I'm a delivery driver. I'm not just driving around aimlessly. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Tom Hardy in that one yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, like, I pass the time by listening to music and saying Eddie how Venom does in the Venom movies. Uh, or perfecting my <laughs> Colonel Colonel Tom Parker in the Elvis movie uh, impression has been my go-to lately. Um, but I was thinking about this, and I was like... Because, like, the, the, there's this thing called the volume, and we kind of touched on it a little bit in the Obi-Wan episode. Yeah. The volume is this, like, basically this dome of, C, of, of, of like, LED screens that they use to kind of replace green screen so that they can have like an actual like pre-rendered background in front of these actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're using it for a lot of Star Wars and Marvel stuff because they have to, because of the time crunch that these things are on. Um, but it hit me today. I don't know why it took me so long to realize this. They just invented rear projection. That's it. <laughs> it's just rear projection. That's all they're doing. They, but now they have to sell it because these things are like too big to fail now they have to sell it like it's this big technological innovation but it's the stuff hitchcock was doing essentially Mm. um and so that like really made me laugh uh today when i was alone in my car Um, (laughs) (laughs) you sound like an insane person you put it that way yeah um um, that's a really good point and actually i want to go back to another point that you were raising and i'm going to make two analogies to things that are disconnected (laughs) from movie making slightly like a Marvel um, movie. Yeah, actually, yeah. just like the MCU. Yeah. Um, so you're, with regards to like suffocating the viewers so they don't look at alternatives, I think that's definitely a thing that's happening. That's the reason why we get so many of these movies and shows and why they're just kind of becoming filler crap. Yeah. Um, back in the 90s, uh, a lot of people, well, before the 90s, a lot of people um, like our parents or whatever, our moms, used to go and watch soap operas. Mm-hmm. And then the O.J. Smith or the O.J. Simpson trial <laughs> happened in the 90s. And a lot of people in the soap industry attribute uh, the O.J. Simpson trial interrupting soaps constantly, you know, being shown on TV. Right. Um, it, with the, they attribute that with viewers leaving soaps because they found something else. They found their new addiction. Because watching a soap is very much an addiction. You watch it day to day, you see the story right. progress two inches yeah. and you find out someone's an evil twin and yeah. you know, people were separated at birth and, but you're still hooked cause you want to see what happens next. Yeah. And the moment, the moment you fucking break 
that line, that connection, that like need to watch it every single day, you might have lost those people forever. Now they're going down the court TV route. Now they're going down <laughs> the true crime route. Now they're watching reality TV. There's all these other things now that they've been introduced to. Other analogy. Like, so a big thing with gaming right now are games as a service. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is like these games that uh, are perpetually updated, uh, um, you know, that they go on for years. They're always adding new content. And uh, the idea behind a lot of them, besides just making money off of whales, i.e. people <laughs> who spend a lot of money on microtransactions, DLC, costumes, Don't is to keep you constantly engaged with that game so you're not playing any other game. Because the moment you might go and switch to another game, you might have like they might have lost you, and yep. you you're not coming and coming back to their storefront and buying the new Naruto costume in Fortnite. <laughs> um, so I, I think I think that is a huge element is that there's this cynical we just need to keep on producing stuff to keep you hooked so you're not looking elsewhere right now. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I I think that's totally what is happening. Yeah, and I, it's you know. It's crumbling. It's it's gonna, and that's the thing is like, a lot of people are really cynical about this and the way Disney has the the major market share and they have like all these studios and they essentially have a monopoly. But and yeah, to the point yeah. where like, I really and Mike, I think you can back me up on this as someone uh-huh. in the in the in that field. I really question the legality of what they do a lot of the time. <laughs> um, uh, but I've never really been cynical that cynical about it because I can see the bigger picture of like trends and like you just see trends ebb and flow and this is a trend that's going to ebb and flow and like it feels like yeah we're 14 years into this but like I mean the big comparison everyone always makes is the western like we made westerns for like the entire almost the first half of the entire movie industry and like almost exclusively like it was westerns and musicals and it turned out fine. Everything's fine mm. still. And like, the thing is, that cycle's gonna be even faster now because there's yeah, just more. Everything moves faster. Yeah. Every, because everything moves faster. And like I said, like, I know I keep referencing these movies because I want you guys, both my co hosts on this show and the audience, to see these movies. Like, RRR and Everything Everywhere All, All at Once, I think, are the movies that are really kind of opening up people to like oh yeah there's different stuff that still delivers on the spectacle that i've come to expect from the marvel Mm -hmm. movies including like a little bit better even like yes rrr is a three-hour bollywood movie with maybe some some shoddy cgi compared to what we're used to in the whiz bang hollywood era but like putting it in the proper context of like movies made in india and stuff like that it's an excellent superhero movie that's not even about superheroes Mm. um and did you see it mike no, I still haven't seen it. Okay. Um, I want to, though. Yeah. But, you know, to, to add on to what you're saying, I mean, that's the reason why things like Squid Game and mm-hmm. yeah. You know, yeah. uh, these Korean things, you know, Japanese things, yeah. that's why they're taking off, because people are looking for alternatives, because this has such a stranglehold on the American film industry. Yeah. And I agree with you. It, through the course of time, it, it's going to go away. It's just not moving fast, like, fast enough away for like, my taste, for example. Sure, right? yeah. But, but like you know, capitalism is you know a system by which you know things some things take hold for a while yep. and monopolies rise and they fall yeah. and people go and introduce a different product or a better product that hits the zeitgeist or hits fits the times better and you know I do think that it's going to happen eventually. People have been talking about the death of the superhero movie for a long time, but 
I do think it really is beginning to happen. It's imminent. Like, yeah. it may still be, like, another half decade or whatever, but it's gonna yeah. happen. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. it might be a full a full decade. Maybe it's a full just, decade, yeah. But, you know, it, it's just gonna be a long decline, the same way that Westerns kind of had a long decline. Yeah. Um, it's Yeah, it's, so it's... I didn't mean to go and step on your toes. No, you're go good, ahead. you're good. And, like, yeah, that's the thing is, you know, people... I People are still seeing everything everywhere all at once, by the way. The movie came yeah. out... Like in April, I think it came out before Doctor Strange, and I was playing board games at a friend's house three days ago, and him and his girlfriend got back, or his his roommate and his girlfriend got back, and they had just come from seeing it. It's July, and the movie's right. out on yeah. disc, like and digital. So like, there's definitely an audience for this. It's A24's biggest hit, and it's awesome. It's so good. Um, but and people like people at the mainstream audiences are 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 noticing, and I think. The sort of one, two, three punch of Maverick, that movie, and RRR are really doing a lot of the big initial, like, chipping away at the kind of sleeping giant, as it were. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Yeah, totally I would agree with you. I would say, like, a, a similar comparison. Like, you look at different industries related, but, you know, different, like, the comic book industry. Uh-huh. Um, if you look, super, you know, the main two players, Marvel and DC... It's, you know, like, yeah, we know the films too. But, like, in a lot of that, it's, like, comic book sales for those two, the the big two traditionally, have been down a whole bunch. And, like, when you look at what makes up most of the market share of comic books, it's manga right now. Mm -hmm. Like, it is exploding. It's, like, the top ten. I I read some article, like, a month or two ago. It's, like, the top ten titles, comic books being sold in America are not actually American-made comic books. Yeah. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's Western-made manga, and I think it's it's a similar feel of people are just tired of, like, there's this very same formulaic thing of how they write comics and the content that mm-hmm. gets put in there and the different spins and stuff, and people are like, I, I don't want that anymore. And, like, it's been on a decline for a while, but I think, like, just right now in that industry it just really feels like japan kind of has a stranglehold on that market and it's because people are people are like i don't want the american i don't want this like i want these types of stories you guys aren't telling those types of stories so i'm gonna go look elsewhere i'm i'm gonna make a prediction on this podcast and like i really i really think this is what we're gonna see (laughs) think as superhero movies decline I really think, and I know we've tried it before and it hasn't really worked out. <laughs> I think live action anime adaptations, the way, like, it took a long time to crack the code on comic book movies, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I think they're right around the corner. And I think, yes. and I know it feels like I won't shut up about this movie <laughs> on this podcast, I think RRR in particular is what's going to crack the code in some Hollywood director's head, or maybe. If they're smart, some Hollywood exec is gonna watch RRR and get that guy over here to make some sort of live action a- anime adaptation, yeah. and it's gonna take off. Yeah, because you know there's a long period of comic book movies where they were basically embarrassed of the source material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't erase any of it. You know, for whatever positive qualities or negative qualities you want to associate with the X Men movies that Brian Singer made, for example. Right. Um, you know, they shied away from having people wear the yellow spandex <laughs> yeah. colors yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a multitude of other things that they changed, too. Um, it, it took a long time for them to embrace being really silly the way Marvel movies eventually did. You know, people, if you told them 10 or 20 years ago that, you know, CG raccoons would be, like, <laughs> beloved characters, people wouldn't believe you. Right. Um, I, and that's, like, my go-to, you know. There's other crazy characters, too. Yeah. Right. Um, and... 
I think, you know, anime, you're right, is in the same place where somebody just needs to go and translate it just right and then somebody else needs to kind of push the envelope a little bit mm-hmm. further. Because that's what Raimi did with his Spider-Man movies. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, because Raimi started making it a little goofier, you know, yeah. and but also he made it more palatable too. He made yeah. it more serious. You, you attach, like, these these soundtracks and all that stuff to yeah. it that um, now we think are pretty corny. Uh, maybe um, you do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you say, oh, that yeah, song's a banger. Right. I don't care. I'm not being ironic about that. I like that song. <laughs> it's not that bad of a song. I, I like. Um, I listen but, to that soundtrack but, you know, so much. You know, like you've kind of made it acceptable for people to like this guy who swings from rooftops and is chased by a Power Rangers mm-hmm. villain. Um, <laughs> and you know, like that same thing can happen to anime. Anime is not that much weirder than anything no. in comic no. books. Yeah. Um, so I, I totally agree with you. It's like the the great untapped like market yeah. uh, adaptation, it's, you know, along with video games still yeah. slightly. Yeah. And video games are getting there. Those Sonic movies are, well, the first yeah, one's pretty good. Closer. Detective Pikachu's good. I think we're seeing yeah. a, a real, like someone's cracked the code on those too. Um, yeah. And maybe yeah. not necessarily like Uncharted. the more, yeah, maybe not necessarily the more quote adult fare. Um, and I guess the Mario movie remains to be seen. Um, yeah. It's a me, just a guy, Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. Um, <laughs> it's a me, cool guy. Um, hey, but Jack you know, Black, Bowser. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. Uh, I'm, I'm just doing this to needle Slade because okay. Slade hates that. that. Okay. Uh, to our one of one of our viewers or listeners, Slade Warren. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Seth Rogen would be a good Bowser, but we'll save that for the Mario Brothers movie yeah. um, <laughs> discourse later on. Is that coming out this year? Is it supposed no, to? Get... It got pushed back to next year. Uh, next boo! Year. Yeah. Dang yeah. it. Um, but I think that that I guess that'll be the big kicker, and the Last of Us TV show. That'll yeah. be those will be the two big things that can. That say know. that decide on, whether or not I keep forgetting that's happening. Which I'm is on just, the fence yeah. about that. We'll see. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think you should always be skeptical of any new video game thing right now. Still. <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, yeah, I think I think those will be the two that t- tell whether or not we've been able to comic book movie video games. And mm. I think whatever. I think we're maybe one or two anime adaptations away uh, from from what that is as yeah. well yeah. and like well you, you know it would be the perfect transition for both of these eras of film in terms of anime um moving from comic book to anime would be my hero academia because mm-hmm. it involves oh, yeah. superheroes yeah. in in like a schoolroom setting so yeah. you get both of those worlds and then you could easily transition the american audiences into accepting all this other bullshit yeah. anime <laughs> stuff from there yeah, I, 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 it's it's happening. It's got to happen. Yeah. And I know the Duffer Brothers, they said their next thing that they're working on after Stranger Things is a Death Note adaptation. So yeah, I saw that. maybe we'll maybe. see. We we already tried Death Note and it sucked. It was so bad. <laughs> I never watched it. Yeah. But I agree with you, MJ. I think I have the feeling like I think that's the route it should go. But I feel like it's it has to be somebody outside of like traditional Hollywood, traditional Marvel, like who has to crack the code. And then it's like, yeah, we need to get that and, like, follow it. I don't – I think with how our system is right now and, like, kind of what everyone accepts and whatever – like, I don't think there's enough creativity or willingness or bravery to try to break the mold and to do something that different. So I think they're going to have – it's going to have to come from someplace else. And then I'm, yeah, Hollywood will be like, oh – 
it works. I'm Maybe telling you guys, S.S. Rajamuli, the Bollywood director who made RRR, he also made, I didn't realize this, uh, he made Bahabu, uh, Bahubali, I think is how you pronounce it, roughly. Um, in 2015 and 2017, he made those two movies. Those were really successful too. I remember those playing in Bakersfield because there's a large like population of people in Bakersfield who go to see Bollywood movies. Um, and those two, I remember a lot of people, specifically the second one in 2017 when that came out. I, I went to see something else opening week. I haven't seen either one of them. But uh, yeah, so the second Bahubali movie is the highest grossing film in India ever. Wow. Um, yep. And, uh, all three of those movies, the first two, ba or the two Bahubali movies and RRR, all three of them are among the top five highest grossing Indian films to date. Mm, dang. Um, also all three are the most expensive Indian films ever made at the time of their release. So like mm -hmm. this guy is doing these large scale action epics in Bollywood and they feel like anime. They just feel like anime. But mm. there's an earnestness to it because it's coming from not Hollywood that yeah. Hollywood does not have that I think is perfect for adapting anime. So I think, like I said, if 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 Hollywood's smart, they're going to offer this guy dump trucks, plural, of cash to come over here and start making anime movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just a matter of how long will it take Hollywood to realize... Oh yeah, people are getting tired. Of the I same feel like crap. I feel like sooner than you think because mm -hmm. social like if you look at like I mean I know it's not like a great perspective of like or a great cross section of society as far as like the amount of users on other social media but like mm. Twitter I feel like every couple weeks is re exploding with people discovering this movie on Netflix like mm -hmm. it like it came out and people loved it and people saw it multiple times people took their friends to it to see it multiple times and then it hit netflix and it had like a big wave initially and then like another three weeks has gone by or four weeks since it was on netflix and now i've seen a second wave of it happen on netflix like this movie has like big social at the very least like twitter and people who like talk about movies on twitter legs like more and more people are kind of seeing it every few weeks and like it's reigniting this sort of like talk about how great it is and like i think that's going to start stretching out beyond that circle sooner rather than later like by the end of the summer hmm. we'll see you know i mean i i think there's going to be some movie that unlocks the general public's consciousness and yeah. you know i think it's or it's going to be several and i think this is the beginning of yeah that 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 gate being opened yeah i think the bubble is bursting minions two rise of groom four yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that's the other uh, one of the four horsemen of the um, apocalypse. No. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, yeah. it's Maverick, everything, everywhere, RRR, and then the banana movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, it outperformed Lightyear, so. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. Yeah. No, the, the, there's some sort of paradigm <laughs> shift happening. Yeah, I think so, We're going to look back at, probably to this moment, I would say, like, you know, the early 2020s yeah. and really say okay this is when the momentum shifted yeah it's like yeah disney can have all the money and have all the major ips but if they just do the same crap or they put stuff in their movies that people don't want and it's like man i want to go see a freaking movie um you mm -hmm. know it's like i i think people are like i'm gonna go find alternatives and then if there's somebody else doing something amazing like with this rrr movie like you're saying mj people are like well then i'd rather go 
do that. If I'm going to go spend mm-hmm. three hours, I'd rather go watch something that is fun and enjoyable and it's like has an earnestness as opposed to like freaking whatever this is, you know, like whatever the next, <laughs> yeah. the next thing in the Marvel drip feed, you know, like I don't, I don't want to do that or Star Wars or whatever, you know, all the major IPs that they have. Yeah. Dude, so I, I started <laughs> watching RRR at 11 o'clock at night and was enthralled the entire time. It's great. If you guys have not seen, I know I didn't shut up about it this whole podcast, but man. No, I feel like I need to. It's such an antidote. Oh man, I want to do an episode on it so bad, you guys. We we should. I I feel like if any. I'm down. Mike's like, "Ah." I feel like if anything, like just the handful of things that I've watched over the last couple months, like has really turned me, whether it's Marvel stuff or it's like Obi-Wan, like we talked about. I'm just like, a lot of these is like, yeah, they can be the big IPs or whatever, but I just, I don't care because it's like, I sense the people making these don't care. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's either they don't care or they put crap in it that I don't like, they're not actually trying to tell a story. They're trying to like achieve something else. And so it's like, I just don't care. Like I don't have any desire to watch this. And it's like, you have all the money in the world, but then like your, your show looks like crap. Like, yeah. Obi-Wan looks like crap compared to, like, a lot of other stuff. Or it's, like, some of these Marvel movies, it's, like, like we're talking about. It's, like, just because you have access to the volume doesn't mean you should use it. How about we use a freaking practical set? Like, these people, they, the lack of caring and all that stuff, I think is, it's, all of these are pieces. And the, the bubble burst scene of people just kind of, like, waking up and being, like, you know what? There's, there's something else. And I know for me, personally, this has just been magnified over the last couple of months. I don't know if it's just like I've chosen the wrong things to watch. Uh, nothing has really wowed me from Marvel. Like even like yeah. I watched Moon Knight and I was like, all right, like I like Oscar Isaac as a character and like he's a good actor, but like the show isn't anything like super mm-hmm. great. Like yep. I felt, I feel kind of bad for him, but. <laughs> well, and, and just to kind of maybe bring things closer to full circle, MJ, you kind of teased that you didn't like Spider-Man. Um, that's another thing where, like, where you're talking about things that, like, haven't really wowed you. Yeah. I The more time goes on, the more I thought that Spider-Man No Way Home is actually kind of just a shitty movie. Yeah, no, it's like, not good. It it's like it's that. not great. Like, you know, did yeah. I, I... I knew what I... I knew what I was getting going into it. And, like, the, mm-hmm. the, the fan in me wanted... I wanted to see all three of them. I yes. wanted to see the other two on screen. No shade at Tom Holland. I don't really like MCU's version of Spider-Man. That's a nope. whole nother podcast. I don't really feel like he's the, the character of Spider-Man. But I wanted to see them. And so, like, I knew it's like this... The plot is going to be garbage to get me there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But then people are coming out of that movie like, Oh, this is the best Spider-Man movie. Like, what? And it's like, no, it's not by a long shot. No. It doesn't touch two by a long shot. Yeah. But yeah, um, I agree. Like it, it, it wasn't the Spider Verse, which is what inspired it. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Um, well, it, okay, maybe saying it was a shitty movie is a little too harsh, but I kind of think that if I really was objective, it kind of was a shitty movie. Um, no, yeah, no, like, yeah, yeah, it's missing yeah. a whole act. Movie's missing yeah. a whole act. Yeah, they didn't yeah. know how to get there, so it was like, ah. No, I think they knew how to get there, but they couldn't get there because of COVID. That's mm-hmm. my th- that's yeah. my theory on that movie. Like, I yeah, that movie's extremely hampered by COVID. Yeah, yeah it is. You can you can see it, every see it everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and it basically like takes two thirds of its runtime as a wind up to get to the one third that you really wanted to see. Yeah, and that that one la- that one final one third should have easily been like two thirds of the movies, which is kind of what you're saying, MJ. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, well, so what what I'm saying is once they break out of like the apartment. 
Yeah, there yeah. needs to be a whole act of these villains Correct. terrorizing yeah. New York and uh-huh. these Spider-Men having to stop them. But like yeah, the way the way it's structured is it's just like they're just waiting at the Empire State Building. Like, why right. would they not now, go do now it's time for the final battle? Yeah, why yeah. would they not yeah. go do yeah. all the crime in a different universe where they're not known? Like exactly. it took so long to get to like what we wanted to see. Yeah. Um yeah. they wasted a ton of the screen time and and then like basically the Spider-Man have two good scenes together and then they're already off to the final battle when you could have had them all have their own separate character arcs mm-hmm. and they're yeah. bonding over the second act of the movie instead of the very end of the second act into the third act oh it's, you mean like really how spider-verse does correct yeah, yeah it, exactly but like you said i suspect it's because of covid they only have these people together for a short time or they can only keep the secret of them being involved in this movie together if they were involved in a limited <laughs> amount of scenes yeah and, it wasn't worth sacrificing the story then if that was the case. Okay, but um, did they keep the secret? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the problem is that they, they, they got found out because they were so leaky. So it, it didn't work. It was a failure in that respect as well. Whereas if they had just been upfront that, hey, this is a movie where all the Spider-Men come up. Yeah. Like from the start, it would have benefited the story because then they wouldn't have had to go and cloak them and do yeah. so few scenes with them together. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That said, I will, I like, not to make this the Spider-Man podcast as well, but like Emily texted me. She had no idea. Yeah. And she was yeah. like, that was awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a great time to be in a theater. I saw it yeah, opening yeah. night and I saw it like a few days later. And still it was like, this is one of the best experiences like with a theater. And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. everyone in there knows it's going to happen, but like, yeah, it's great. See it confirmed. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, I I, but... I screwed myself because the day before, I saw it the day after Christmas, and on Christmas, I saw West Side Story in a theater, and like the oh. just the level of filmmaking on display in that movie versus the level of filmmaking on display in Spider Man is out oh. of control. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it, man, Spider Man was the most pedestrian journeyman directing I have seen in a film in a, quite a while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it really let down even the good parts of that movie, I, I would think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think this is the thing. Is it worth preserving that theater experience, that first time watching something at the detriment to that long-term experience of, will I ever see that movie again? Eh, probably not. No. Nope. Like, I, I, I kind of, it, it doesn't have any staying power because its story is actually kind of crappily constructed. Yeah. Um, I will say sometimes. <laughs> and and my, yeah. my example for this is Gravity. Uh, mm. Gravity is a movie that is like was a perfect movie going experience for me. Yes, and like <laughs> yeah. I saw it in IMAX in Fresno and like had basically a panic attack during that movie, and it was <laughs> awesome. And now yeah. I have no. There's no reason for me to see it a second time at home. Like I'm never gonna mm. capture that experience again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Gravity is like a really, really well-made movie too. Like. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Wow, man, that's a that's such a blast from the past. I forgot the movie even existed. Oh, but really? I did really enjoy it yeah. as an experience. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, but that's yeah, like I, I you never see it again. You have to see. You have to see it like really big. I think. Like, yeah. I mean, Mad Max was kind of the same way for me. Like, I thought that movie was, like, really cool to vibe with and, like, just so kinetic and weird. And then, like, mm-hmm. I got everything I needed out of it, I felt like. Yeah, I feel the same. <laughs> like, I, I, I yeah. feel like that one's overrated, but that's a really separate podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just had, like, a really good time in the theater watching it. And, like, yeah, it was I, just, I like, get that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Mike, like, what you're saying, there hasn't been a Marvel movie that has really wowed 
us holistically. It's like, yeah, Spider-Man kind of had the like, oh yeah, it's a moment, but you reflect on it. It's like, oh, it's not good. And like, mm-hmm. you think of the other Phase Four movies and the, all these Disney Plus series, and none of them really have that for me. Like the ones that I've seen, but they have no even staying th- power. Yeah, they they just they just feel really inconsequential. Where it's like. I know, say what you will about the other Marvel movies, and it's like, I know they're comic book characters, but I feel like some of those other movies at least had something to say, or they had integrity in themselves to be like, yeah, I know this is about a comic book character, but, like, we're going to, like, lean into that. I just feel Mm -hmm. like these movies, they just feel like nothing. And, again, it just goes to, like, I just feel like Marvel doesn't care. It just thinks, like, its audience doesn't care, so we won't use as much money, and it's like, whatever. Like... It just it just doesn't feel like anything is there. I mean, that's just how I feel about Marvel and Disney properties kind of across the board now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Well, you know, and it comes down to they I think they lack confidence and vision. And in four years, they went from Iron Man being introduced to the Avengers, you know, 2008, 2012. And now we're three years removed from Endgame and... I don't see a path here. Like, you know, they're three quarters of the way into what they were forming with the Avengers and they're still fumbling around in the dark. Granted COVID. Yeah. I was going to say, let's say maybe two years because yeah, I'll give them two years, but let's say even like if they're halfway through this, I still don't see the formation of an arc or a plan. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and introducing a multiverse in this stuff is not the solution. Like just lazily bringing back like callbacks and stuff like that is not compelling enough. No. Yeah. No. Nope. Honestly, the multiverse is not great. Just like as a concept. It's a bust. It's, yeah. It's not good because it's just, it's an excuse for lazy writing. I feel like mm-hmm. no, none of the films or the shows have actually like used it really like maybe Loki a little bit like to its potential, but like even that, like, I yeah. don't know. Like none of the other shows or movies have really done that, and so it's kind of yeah. like, okay, if this is your thing, because even in the first Phase One Marvel movies, if the thing was the Infinity Stones, each of those movies like had, you know, stuff with the Infinity Stones, and it's like, but yeah. So just there's just no movement. There's kind of rumblings of like, are they gonna do like a Young Avengers? They kind of keep put some characters, but not really, and. Are they gonna do like the Thunderbolts? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe kind of. And are they gonna do Kang? I, I think. But like, he's only been in one thing, so it's just, it feels very directionless. And mm-hmm. I'm just not here for it. Like, maybe they can win me back, but at this point now, I'm like, I don't, I don't get excited about Marvel properties the way I used to, or I don't have the faith of even like, oh yeah, like I've never heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but. I'll give it a shot, you know? I just... I don't... I don't have that with Marvel anymore. And like we've been saying, I just feel like more and more of that is being eroded from general audiences. Yeah. I'd say, you know, your opinion is probably the vanguard. It's like the the leading take on what's going to eventually be the consensus from people five years from now. And I'll just say this as someone who just wants to, like, you know, crap on... Mo- like... I was invested in these movies and this whole world for, like, a long time. Like, I grew up reading comic books. Like, I was excited to see this happen. But now I'm just at this point where it's, like, you just don't care. And so, like, how do you expect me to care, like, when I can see your BS and you're not even trying to, like, cover it at all? So I just, yeah, it's just really hard for me to care when it's, like, yeah, I 
see that you clearly are not trying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no, there, yeah, there's, there's no compelling reason to keep up with this <laughs> stuff anymore. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll, I, I look forward to being disappointed by Thor: Love and Thunder in sixty days, when my wife <laughs> goes to like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and once it kind of breaks that spell and that that like need to discuss it with other people, that's when it loses its magic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that soap opera effect. It's yeah. that games as a service thing. It, once they lose you, it really could lose you forever. Yeah. Yep. And lose a lot of people. Yeah. So I just, oh, I'm just going to see where it goes from here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, yeah. I'm interested to see where the. Uh, I'm interested to see, in particular, because this is obviously the most successful of the, the three movies I've been talking, how Maverick affects it. Mm. Really? Like, especially with the effects stuff. You know, like. I think that's going to be a big blow. It. I know yeah. I didn't talk much about it on this one, but there's a whole episode of me talking about that. So, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, that thing, that thing hit a billion dollars and this hasn't. Yep. yep. Dr. Strange still hasn't, which you're like, oh, it still made money. But like historically, when you go look at all the Marvel movies for a while, they were guaranteed mm-hmm. billion dollars. Like yep. that was just a like given. It's like, oh, yeah, it'll make a billion easily. And now you look at it, it's like, oh, it's struggled. It yep. hasn't even hit a billion. Yep, it hasn't hit a billion. I think Thor's going to see a big drop off this next next weekend. Maybe not. I don't mm-hmm. think anything else is coming out this weekend. So we'll see. Well, you know, it got a B plus cinema score, which oh, is not. Oh, I didn't know that. that. <laughs> yeah. For our audience, uh, so the cinema score is like pulling different people when they walk out of a theater and they give them a score. And even though a B plus sounds good, it's actually pretty bad for a blockbuster to have. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's. I mean, there. It'll, it'll see. I think. I think the next the Jordan Peele thing is gonna knock it off. Like that's. Yeah, well. And, and yeah. so that's that's gonna be. Which you know, cool. An original horror movie is gonna dethrone mm. a Marvel movie two weeks after it gets released. Go for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> hell I'm yeah, let's to go. See that yeah. Um. But yeah, there's nothing this weekend. Um. There's Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. Um. <laughs> They'll go see Minions. Yeah, oh yeah. And Where the Crawdads Sing is coming out, which is like an adult drama. Uh, About a singing crawdad choir. (laughs) Yep. This is... I want this recorded. Uh, Oh, wait. Author Parents. So the author of Where the Crawdads Sing is... uh, Did you guys know this? She's She's a... She's a zoologist. Hmm. No. No. And they are from, or they lived in Zambia. Mm hmm. And they got run out because. By crawdads. No. Uh, Her and her husband were poacher hunters. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh. Yep. Nice. Wow. Like a That's intense. Yep. They had a shoot to kill policy on elephant poachers. Oh. Dang, it's like the Punisher. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See Hollywood, come on. There's your stories right there. Yeah. Original ideas. Uh well there's that. There's that Idris Elba fights a lion movie coming out or whatever. Or a tiger. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah. That, uh, yeah. What's it called? 
I want to say Primal, but that's the Nicolas Cage fights the a tiger movie. <laughs> There's the yeah, lion or tiger. I know what you're talking about. Beast. Oh, it's my. called Beast. Beast. Yep. Uh, yeah. Do you guys have anything else? Uh, nope. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I think I've said everything I need to. Yeah. Um, Until right. the next Marvel bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the next thing coming out? The next after this? Marvel. I mean, I know She-Hulk, I think, is the next yeah. show. Next What's the next? MCU uh, Black Panther 2. Oh, yeah. Is that still coming out this year? <laughs> Supposedly. Okay. Guys, I, I... It might be the unpopular opinion. I think that's... I... I really like Ryan Coogler. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just... I feel like this is going to be a train wreck. Dude, it's going to be a disaster. I'm so I just, excited. Just all the, all the stuff that they've said, the reshoots and all the stuff with that one actress. Dude. Like, I just, I just can't in any way see, like, how, especially if they're not going to recast T'Challa. Like, I get it. Like, I get, like, you want to honor Chadwick. Like, I, I understand, but I just don't. There's just a lot of decisions with this, and then like they're gonna try and make this spin-off series. Did you guys hear about that? Mm -hmm. Like on Disney Plus. Yeah, with the Koye. Yeah, and so yeah. I just I think it's gonna be real bad. And it's yeah. it's yeah. so sad because like the first one was so good in a lot of ways. And yeah. it's yeah. I'm just gonna <laughs> And I so I think it's gonna be like it's the law of diminishing returns, and I think people are like, Oh, Thor, like he's a character that's like still from the original Avengers we kind of like, and they go see this movie and they're like, whoa, maybe it, it went a little bit too much. And so then I think Black Panther, everyone's going to be like, there's so much mm -hmm. hype, but there's always like, how are they going to handle this? And yeah, I think this will even like <laughs> disappoint people more. Oh gosh. I forgot about that movie. If, if it's oh. even marginally good, Ryan Coogler deserves a medal. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. Yeah. <laughs> like f fucking presidential <laughs> medal of freedom <laughs> like <laughs> no he doesn't want it he doesn't want to do it but it was probably too far down the road and he couldn't yeah. back out and he was like if someone else takes it he, he couldn't gonna... justin lin it yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, god. just bail <laughs> oh my gosh Dude, i forgot I, about that i feel like uh i feel like if this movie comes out and it's good or bad frank cooper's like well <laughs> I'm retired now. I would totally yeah. get it. Like I would be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, would, you earned movies that. These were fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a cursed production that movie is. Like just from the from before it even happened, man. I'm gonna be honest. The thing that interests me most about most of this oh. Marvel stuff, and even <laughs> I guess the Star Wars stuff too, is more if someone wrote like a tell-all book of what's yeah. going on behind oh, the yeah. scenes than yeah. the actual movies themselves at this point. Yeah. And I mean that's so like even with doctor strange where it's like scott derrickson was gonna do this and oh like, yeah what, hap what happened that he left they said and his then, like, reason was that he wanted to make it more of a horror movie but like i can't imagine this movie being more of a horror movie so like what the yeah, hell was yeah, he gonna like, do so what so Gosh. what but this happens a lot with disney on the marvel side and the star wars side where it's like they bring in people and they're like we want this vision and either they're just like ah, that's not gonna work like I think of Solo, and it's like, oh, we're gonna pick yeah. these people who like have this iconic style, mm -hmm. and we're gonna mm -hmm. do. But then it's just like, oh, actually not. Well, that's whatever. fine because then, then they went and made Spider-Verse. Yeah, and that's <laughs> it's great, but it's just like I don't understand. And Marvel tries to bring in this variety of people, but then still, it feels like sometimes you watch their films, and for some of them, they kind of like handcuff the director. It's like, well, you brought 
this person in to do their thing, but then it still feels like a Marvel movie, you know? Yeah, I mean, mm. I would say that Eternals feels like it's got Chloe Zhao's style on it, but I don't like it. So <laughs> it like it feels <laughs> like like if you saw Nomadland, it feels like superhero Nomadland, kind of. I mean, obviously they're mm. very different films about yeah. very different subject matter, <laughs> um, but like the a lot of the like shooting and natural lighting, like a lot and. and um, very like slow contemplative drama type stuff like that is a movie that's very outside of the marvel house style as well yeah but it's too it's too much it's way too much like it's it's just like what is this what are we doing here it's you know but it it does feel like she made that movie for Mm -hmm. you know for better or for worse so you know i guess i should have brought that up earlier in the episode that you know it does feel like it came from from her but i just don't Mm -hmm. like the way she makes a movie so uh, yeah so i don't i don't know that's the yeah. hard thing because you get those iconic ones and they do it so i don't know like if marvel's gonna be like oh sam raimi we gave you this movie and it didn't do well so we're just gonna go back to our formula yeah it's weird too because like uh you know i do think for better or for worse like ragnarok has a lot of the taika style in it um mm-hmm. And that seemed to have paid off for them because people like that movie. And like I said, it seems like general audiences are pretty into this Thor Love and Thunder. Um, and right now. Right now, yeah. I like you said, soured on Ragnarok. Yeah, they did. And like you said, it's got a B-plus cinema score, so maybe not. But I've just seen a lot more of like people who aren't in the corners of like social media that I am in talking about how they had like a blast with it. So that kind of very specific style seems to be working out for them. But then they try to get Chloe Zhao in and it doesn't work. And then they try to get Sam Raimi in and it doesn't work. Like, I mean, it does, but it doesn't like work for the the main core of the audience. Right. Right. So who knows? Like, we'll see. Um, I mean, I I would say that like Ryan Coogler's feels kind of like, I mean, Black Panther felt kind of like a Ryan Coogler movie. Like I could see him make, I could see how he would make that movie outside of the MCU. Like if he was just like, I'm going to go make a Black Panther movie. That's probably still the movie he would have made. I feel like. Yeah. Minus the, the last act, which, well, the, the fight scene, the the, the the PS2 graphic. The PS2. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I I would agree thematically MJ. I think like that's the movie he would have made. Yeah. Yeah. And like James Gunn has obviously worked out for them too. So yeah 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 he's he's the day walker he can do both he can do the he can do the crowd pleasing in the dceu and the mcu yeah so i don't know i i don't really know yeah stay tuned to our podcast where we decide whether or not black Black panther Panther 2 comes to bury the mcu wakanda forever right yeah was that a line from black panther isn't that the name of the movie that's the subtitle that's the actual name of it yeah, it's no, Wakanda Forever. No, not Wakanda Forever, yeah. whether it comes to bury the MCU or save it. Oh, uh, oh it's a line oh. from some movie. I forgot what oh, it was. Okay. <laughs> yeah. God, yeah, I was like... to do an episode on that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be wild. Yeah, it's going to be a buck wild movie, especially because of how like coherent <laughs> and like cohesive that first one is. Like, it's yeah. <laughs> just like, wow. <laughs> All right. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, plugs. Corey, you have anything to plug? Real filmmaking YouTube channel. So if you're interested in movies, making movies, cameras, check it out. Yep, Mike. Uh, the Ashen Prophecy available on Amazon and Audible and Kindle, and then look forward to the Crimson Keep, which will also be on Amazon within the coming months. So I'm editing yeah, that yeah. right now. Cool. cool. Uh, let's draw for a minute. <laughs> <laughs>
it's a podcast about Jaws. Uh, it's a podcast that was about Jaws. It's still technically about Jaws right now. Um, we're talking about the Jaws sequels, uh, probably, still, as you're hearing this. Um, and then we'll be talking about uh, Steven Spielberg's filmography from Duel through Hook. And yeah, I guess on a lot of podcasts lately, I've been on so man, I've been on so many podcasts. So the be- the easiest way to do that uh, is to follow me on Twitter at mjsmith891. My account is on private right now, but if you request me, I will add you blindly. <laughs> um, I just uh, I'm trying to find a big boy job, so I'm not I'm locked down on on that because I'm real weird on that platform. Um, but that's also where I do a lot of my promotion. So uh, yeah. You can find it there, and you can find Let's Jaws for me. Go ahead. You can find MJ in his car by himself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Going, Andy. Uh, <laughs> and eating a lobster out of the... Yeah, or 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 I will be going, the boy will sing the Sandy Claus song, because that's a real line that Tom Hanks says in the Elvis movie. Whoa. <laughs> now mix that with the Eddie voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's phase two. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there in a few weeks. Uh, gosh. Uh, until next time. Marvel is the bad guy? No. Oh, wait. Oh, I had it. I had it. Okay. Until next time. Pizza is balls. Oh, yes. <laughs>